Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, where each week I answer your questions. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona. For this week's episode, I'm going over a question that I have gotten asked over and over on my Instagram account, Pete's Doc Talk, from followers. Why is my kid sick all the time? Is it just my kid? What is going on? When do I need to be concerned? So we're going to go over all of that today. Now, the truth is children get colds and viruses after they turn six months of age when the immunity they receive from mom starts to fade and they have to build up their own immune system. That's not to say that a baby under six months of age cannot get sick. It's just that they do have some protection from mom, not enough to you know throw them into a virus pit and then they won't ever get an illness. But you will start to see more illnesses after six months. Not only because of their immune system that now has to build on their own, but also because their hands are in their mouth more. So a baby at two months is not putting their hands in their mouth as much. They have mom's immune system, um, mom's immunity that has helped them. But now they are six months. They have to build their own immune system and their hands are constantly in their mouth. So germs on surfaces, germs on shared toys, germs everywhere exist and it can come into our system by the mouth, by touching mucous membranes, our eyes, our nose, our lips, our mouth, our tongue, all of that can transmit viruses, especially respiratory viruses. You know, if you read literature or a lot of articles, they'll say like numbers wise, right? That babies, toddlers, and preschoolers can get about seven to eight colds a year. School age kids can get five to six colds a year. And then teenagers about four colds a year. I hate when people report this, and that's why I'm using it as an example, because it's kind of like saying like your baby should eat X amount or you should sleep X amount. Every person is different. And when you start to hear expectations that, oh, babies, toddlers, and preschoolers get about seven to eight colds, why did my child get sick 12 times this year? You're going to be like, what's wrong with my kid? So please, if you have been reading any of those things, remember what I'm saying is that it is very, very variable as to how many illnesses your child will get. Some children just get a lot of viruses and some don't. It's just an um, immunity luck, if you will. You could have two kids who have the same exact diet, the same exact lifestyle, the same exact everything. And I'm going to use twins as an example, right? Twins in one household. You have one, they're eating the same thing. They you know, are in the same environment, but one tends to get sick more. 
it's just unfortunately a luck of the draw with our immune system. And it doesn't mean it's anything bad. Your child who seems to be getting sick a lot with these viruses or colds or stomach bugs, you know, viral illnesses, it's not going to be like that forever. As a mother of a two-year-old at the time of this recording, I can say that it's been a pretty crazy year. We put our son into childcare January of 2021, and he has loved it. We've loved having him in childcare. And starting April of 2021 is when he started getting these illnesses. It's when everything kind of opened up with the pandemic. You know, he had been a pandemic baby before that time, 13, 14 months. He really didn't do play dates. He really didn't see a lot of other kids. So he really never got sick. And he never actually had a virus before he turned 13, 14 months. And then we went into childcare and he got sick about eight to nine times so far. And interestingly enough, Every time he gets sick, it comes in sets, meaning he gets back-to-back illnesses. So he gets sick, he recovers, he goes back to childcare, and he gets sick again. And then we get a two- to three-month break, and then the cycle happens again with another virus of the season, back-to-back. Another break for two to three months, and then again, the viruses that are circulating in the season. His body has literally been exposed to every major virus that I've seen, common viruses as a pediatrician. And I know a lot of you listening have gone through the same thing. And I want to explain why it's happening in the pandemic. So for a year or for a while, our children were not exposed to germs. So imagine if you have a child who has never started daycare before, even I'm, I'm thinking even before a pandemic, right? And now you start them in daycare. They're going to get sick because now they're just exposed to germs. Similar concept with the pandemic. A lot of our children ha- had just not been exposed to germs for a year because of social distancing. So now when they're finally exposed to other children and other vectors, you know, human beings are vectors for viruses and illness, they are going to get sick now. And it's almost like everyone is starting daycare whatever age your kid is, all of a sudden now they're getting sick because they have just not been exposed to viruses. The main reason your child is getting all of these infections is that he or she is just getting exposed to new viruses all the time. Remember, there are hundreds and hundreds of different viruses. And then within each virus, like adenovirus or enterovirus, there's different variants. There's different classes of these viruses. So just because you get a common cold, it doesn't mean that you can't get the common cold again, correct? Because there's different strains to that common cold. There's different strains to hand, foot, and mouth. Oh gosh. There's different strains to different viruses. So your kid is going to be exposed to these germs and you're going to see the back-to-back initially and you're going to see a lot of infections with viruses initially as their immune system is working. Your child's body is building up defenses and immunity against these viruses every time they get sick. So although I don't want to see our kids sick, just if you want some reframing, anytime your kid is sick, I want you to tell yourself, this really sucks. I hate when my kid is sick. I hate seeing them sick. I hate the anxiety. I hate worrying. I hate the sleepless nights. I hate everything. Go ahead. Just say it to yourself. I hate it. it. It's not fun when your kid is sick. But in the large, big picture of things, I want you to tell yourself, okay, We're going to get through this because we've gotten through illnesses before. I know what I need to monitor, hydration, difficulty breathing, fever persistence, all the things Dr. Mona tells me to monitor, but we're going to get through this. And then my child is going to build an immune system after every exposure to a virus. And remember, your child is getting exposed through daycare, but they're also getting exposed through older siblings, and they're also getting exposed through adults. And sometimes parents will tell me, well, okay, my toddler got sick, and they don't go to daycare, 
they never leave the house. How the heck did they get this virus? I want to remind you that we as adults are vectors and we bring home germs as well. No matter how much we try, viruses do come into our homes because sometimes you don't even know you're sick and you bring home a virus. And as an adult, you know, you may have been exposed to, let's use roseola, the virus that causes roseola. You've been exposed to this virus multiple times. Um, you, when you were young, you may have had it. And then as you get older, you still get exposed to it. But now your body, because your immune system has seen it before, has now adapted to it. So either you get that virus and it's very minor symptoms, or you get it and it doesn't even do much of anything. And eventually your child is going to get there too with certain viruses. Eventually you're going to see that, that they're not sick all the time, quote unquote. But they're constantly being exposed to germs, especially if you have your child in childcare and their siblings in the home. And also you, you know, me and my husband work in healthcare and, you know, we can wash our hands, change our clothes all we want, but there are germs that come into our home just from us. I, as a pediatrician, I'm sure I bring home so many germs from just that live inside me that just by talking to my son, I'm exposing him because, you know, even though I may not be outwardly feeling sick, you could still be harboring viruses without even knowing it as an adult. It sounds a little scary, but it's not meant to be like that. It's meant that your immune system is just really hard at work all the time. And our, ch- our children's immune system is always at work. So colds are your most common thing, right? Upper respiratory infections. Upper respiratory infections are like things like the common cold, um, nothing that's deeper into your chest like a pneumonia. So URI is what you'd call it and get coded at as if you go to the doctor. These are very, very common. And you're also, you know, stomach viruses. Any virus is going to be common. Hand, foot, and mouth is considered a virus. Viruses are just so common. It's also the number one reason we see children get fevers. You know, the the common reason children get fevers is viruses. Um, parents often think that it's a cause of concern. Make sure you listen and watch my um, fever YouTube video, which I'll link in my show notes. But fever is not always a concern, but your child's immune system is constantly working. Parents will often say, okay, my kid had a fever and then the fever just disappeared. It must be teething. No, it actually probably was your child's your child's immune system fighting off a new illness. And in this situation, your child's immune system fought it really fast. And you may start to see that as your kid gets older or as your kid gets exposed to different strains of, this, of similar viruses, that they tend to fight it faster. They may get sick, but instead of being sick for seven days, they're now sick for four days. They're now sick for two days. And then all of a sudden, they're not sick as much. You're going to see that as your child gets older. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rash, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball. Let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC. That's P-E-D-S-D-O-C. 
As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So I'm recording this in January of 2022. So we are in peak viral season. What does that mean? Viral season pediatricians call viral season winter time. So the time between October through basically April is when we see a lot of viruses in children. And it has a lot to do with temperature. In most places, it's cooler. So people are going indoors more. And also different viruses like different climates. So not only are we now congregating indoors, but one virus may like hot temperatures. One virus may like cold temperatures. Hand, foot, and mouth usually likes the spring, but for some reason it's loved everyone this entire year. I don't know if you've had hand, foot, and mouth, but it's been like the virus that has not gone away this entire year. But viruses tend to like certain climates. So when weather changes, it's not the weather that's making your kids sick. It's the fact that with different temperatures come different variants come different viruses that like that climate. And when you're in the winter time, which is viral season, everyone's indoors more. And that's what's going to lead to more transmission of viruses. So one of the biggest questions I also get asked is how to know when it's back-to-back illnesses or if it's the same illness and why does this happen? So how to know when it's back-to-back? So I like to use the 24-hour fever-free, med-free rule to kind of know for sure that this is an isolated one illness and now we, any, any new symptoms, any new illness is likely a second illness. Now hear me out here. So if you are not doing the 24-hour fever-free and med-free rule, you could be masking symptoms of an initial illness. So for example, you have a kid who has a cough and a runny nose and it's been three days. On day four, you see a temperature of 99.8, which is not a fever, but you medicate that child with Tylenol or Motrin. And 
they never really spike above 100.4. You could have been masking a fever. Your child was not clinically well enough and you gave them medicine, right? You're giving, you're treating something, you're treating aches, you're treating pain, you're treating discomfort. So you could be dealing with that same illness and then not know it, send your kid back to school. And then now your kid is sick again, quote unquote, but it could be that they just never really recovered from that first illness. So I want you to use the 24 hour fever free and medicine free rule. So for example, if your child has a fever Wednesday afternoon at 12 PM, but the last time you give medicine was Thursday morning, you would be able to send them back and say, okay, we are in the clear. This is probably the illness is over if they are fever free and med free by Friday morning. So what you're looking at is the last time you gave medicine and the last time they had a fever. And both of those things have to be at least 24 hours and symptoms are improving, right? The child is acting better. The child is more energetic. So those two things combined, fever free, med free for 24 hours, and your child is acting better. And then you send them back into school. Okay, but now you send them back into school or daycare and they get sick again. A week later or three days later, you're now back with another virus. What is going on? I'm so stressed out. This just can't keep happening. And this is what we saw with our son. We saw, again, four sets of illnesses, eight eight illnesses in the past year, and it always came in sets. And it's what I see commonly in, in practice too, that when your immune system has been busy working, right, on fighting one illness... It's not that it's not strong enough. It's that it's a little more susceptible to the other viruses that are now out there. So your immune system was so busy and working so hard to fight virus number one. And now you go back into a Petri dish that is childcare because it is, right? They touch everything and daycares are amazing, but they can't be in charge of intervening before a child intercepts a toy, right? It's just impossible. So they do the best that they can. So your child had virus number one and they were feeling better. That immune system has worked really hard on virus number one and is still just kind of, you know, puttering along, working hard to end the, you know, to finish healing that end of that virus. And then you go back into childcare and then now you pick up virus number two that's circulating and now you're sick again. So your immune system is kind of in a way depressed after a first illness, not to a point where you need to keep your kid home for weeks and weeks because one virus can linger in our body for weeks. We know this even with COVID that you could get COVID and symptoms can kind of be residual for anywhere from one to three weeks. I've seen some diarrhea symptoms, some lingering cough. So you could still be shedding the virus, but clinically your child as well. So it doesn't mean that you have to keep your kid home for three weeks after every illness. But conceptually, I want you to remember that your immune, your child's immune system was busy fixing virus number one. So when you send them back to childcare, there's a reality that they could pick up something new because their immune system was so busy, you know, fixing problem number one that they weren't really, you know, ready for problem number two. So that is kind of why we see these back-to-back illnesses. And remember, there are many different viruses circulating at any given time time. So that is why you see back to back. You're likely not getting sick with the same virus. You're probably getting sick with a a different strain or a different class of virus altogether. So your kid gets croup, which is, you know, common as parainfluenza and then goes back and then now has a stomach virus, you know, and then, or your kid had hand, foot and mouth, and then now they get a cold, right? These are different viruses. And again, not all viruses have a test that you can do. It's more of clinical symptoms. So 
you may, you may never know what the virus was, but what is really important to understand is that it's very normal that we see these back-to-back illnesses, especially now in this pandemic. What I've kind of told a lot of my families is these viruses have had no business for one year, right? For one year when we were in social distancing, these viruses were like twiddling their thumbs. They were like, what do I do? There's nothing going on. There's no children to infect. Like, what am I supposed to do? And now they are having a field day. Now they are transmitting and now they've become, I think, more virulent to basically, you know, continue replicating and continue to infect hosts. And that is why we're seeing our kids sick. It doesn't mean this is harmful to our children. It means that they are going to develop immunity. And by the time they're four or five years old, you're going to be like, oh, you remember when they were in, in, you know, preschool or daycare and they got sick a lot? You're not even going to remember it because they're going to be sick much less. So now the question remains when to be concerned. So I am not really concerned, and nor would your pediatrician, if your child is getting back-to-back viruses and is overall, in the grand scheme of things, from well-visit to well-visit, growing well and thriving developmentally. And I can't stress enough the growing well from well-visit to well-visit, because if you were to come in for sick visit and sick visit and sick visit, you're going to see weight fluctuations. I'm talking about the big picture. How are they looking from well visit to well visit and are they thriving developmentally i am not concerned if a child is repetitively getting viral illnesses and is thriving on their growth curve i don't care where their growth curve is but i want them thriving on their curve but for some of these reasons is when you should seek medical attention or talk to your child's clinician if they're losing weight you are noticing that they're losing weight and they're just getting sick often. And again, I'm not talking about day to day. I'm talking about big picture. You're seeing from the last two months that they're just going down on the percentile curve. They're just losing weight and they're often sick. Definitely a good thing to just have your clinician do an exam, make sure everything's okay. Bacterial infections, things like recurrent pneumonias, recurrent sinus infections, six or more ear infections in a year, bacterial infections that needed antibiotics. That is when we want to evaluate and say, hey, is there something that we need to do? Do we need to see an ENT for the recurrent ear infections? Do we need to see a pulmonologist for them to do a procedure to see what's going on in the lungs, why the child is developing recurrent pneumonias? Do we need to do an immunological study to determine why the child is getting recurrent bacterial infections? That also goes into abscesses. If your child is getting a lot of abscesses, which are little pus pockets that we have to drain, recurrent thrush, or needing repetitive IV antibiotics to clear these bacterial infections. So as you can see, none of the things I mentioned go over viruses. Recurrent viruses are expected. If your child is getting recurrent viruses and is losing weight and you're worried about their overall development, that they're not thriving developmentally, meaning they're not meeting milestones, they're not you know, doing what they normally did, then of course bring it up. But I am not concerned about back-to-back illnesses in terms of viruses in a child who's growing well and thriving developmentally when we look at the big picture. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I know it's really hard. We are living it too. You know, anytime our son gets sick, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. It's like, you just don't know. It could be, especially in the time of a pandemic, it's like five to 10 days we're out, you know, waiting for the, you know, the rules for them to be able to go back, waiting to see if he's able to go back. I really do like waiting, you know, the 24 hour fever free, med free and clinically looking better. And sometimes that can take a long time because you're still medicating them for discomfort or they're still spiking, you know, 99.8 or a hundreds. 100.4 is considered fever, but I consider anything over a hundred for daycare purposes, because if there's, if they're at a hundred point one and they're still recovering from a virus, they could still 
be virulent, right? They could still just be healing and it's best for their body to rest and heal. I know we don't want your kids getting sick. I don't like my son getting sick. I don't want your child sick, but this is very common and your child will end up having a really adaptable and adapted immune system. I don't want to say the word strong because I, I feel like when we talk about weak and strong immune systems, it makes people feel like, well, what if my child isn't in childcare? Then are they going to have a weak immune system? That's not how this works. It means that any exposure your child gets to a virus, whether it's at two years old, three years old, or six years old, their immune system will continue to work. Another reason why we you know, see a lot of it in the toddler years is remember, their hands are in their mouth a lot. They have not learned the ability to wash their hands with their own desire, right? A child who's older, like six, seven, you can teach them to, hey, wash your hands before we eat, you know, wash your hands before this. But toddlers just spread germs so readily. And I know this is hard, but I also want to reframe and let you all know that by the time they get to pre-K, by the time they get to kindergarten, the joke goes that they will have perfect attendance. Of course, they can still get sick. Okay. So don't have that expectation, but it's that they have just been exposed to so many different germs that their immune system has now said, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, hand, foot, and mouth. Oh, adenovirus. Oh, enterovirus. Oh, this virus, this virus. They are going to be better adaptable. Their immune system is constantly adapting. So I know this can be very hard, but when you are going through it, focus on your child, focus on giving them love, and focus on what you need to do to get through that very hard time when they're sick. I know no one loves seeing their child sick, but also remember that they will get better, and we have hospitals and your doctor to help you if you need us, and that with every illness that they do end up getting and you don't want to force them to get sick but they will get sick and if they do every illness will mean better outcomes when they get older it'll mean less illnesses as they get older and it will happen i see it all the time and you're not alone if you feel like your child is the one who's constantly getting sick thank you for tuning in today if you find this series helpful or any of my content helpful please make sure to share it on your social media channel because that is how other people can find this resource. So thank you so much for joining us and I will talk to you next week. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.